Hello and welcome to Chasing the Peloton. I'm your host Peter and this is episode 6 of our series Meet the Migration Gravel Racers. Certainly within my small social media bubble you can't go far without coming across Misaka. This club through the help of its members and donors around the world is creating the conditions where committed and enthusiastic cyclists can start to fulfill their potential. Now their new clubhouse is nearing completion. Now this is a huge step in growing the club and community and it will also enable them to create an e-racing academy so that they can compete on the international stage. This has all been supported by various fundraising initiatives from a recent 24-hour record attempt to selling Masaka Club jerseys. And I urge you to go and check these out. They're pretty cool. I'm planning to get one in the next batch of orders in June. But all this would be for nothing if there wasn't the riders. And they don't come more enthusiastic and ambitious than the twins Waswa Peter and Kato Paul, who I speak with today. Now the boys are training hard to blow us all away at the migration gravel race in June. And they've been helped by a fellow Brit, Sam, who since moving to Uganda has taken up training local riders, teaching basic bike maintenance and running cycling tours. And he shares some of his story at the end of the podcast, so hang around for that. I'm also very grateful to Sam for acting as producer to mitigate some spotty internet and as translator to help the boys share their story. And after you listen to it, I hope you agree that their story is well worth sharing. These boys have potential and ambition. And with the continued support of the global cycling community, perhaps one day we'll see them achieve their dreams and line up on the start line amongst the world's best cyclists. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends and follow us on Instagram at Chasing the Peloton. Now here's my conversation with Waswa Peter, Kato Paul and Sam Mutton. Welcome all three of you. Thanks for joining me. Uh, whereabouts in the world are you? Kampala, Bukoto, Bukoto with yeah. Mr. Sam. And you've got, you've just, you've just joined Sam for your uh, intense two-month training camp ahead of ahead of the migration gravel race in yeah, just under just over two months. <laughs> yeah, we are enjoying. Yeah, we are happy with Mr. Sam for training too much. Where are you normally based? Uh, normally we are training from there at, at Masaka and even there at Kabal. When we start from there at Masaka, when you go there at Kabal, maybe it's like... Mitchell? No, 500. <laughs> uh, 500. 500 kilometers apart. To reach there at okay. Kabal. So yeah, the boys, just to help with that, the boys are uh, from Masaka, which is about two and a half hours southwest of Kampala, where yeah. I run JFC cycling from. Um, but they've just got yeah. back off a national training camp, uh, which is in this area called Kabale, which is right in the southwest corner on the Rwanda-Uganda border, which is what they were trying to <laughs> trying to refer to. Was that kind of like, is that is that a high al- up in altitude The with the border with Rwanda? Was that what the training camp was? With the mountains, yeah, 2,400 meters above sea level. Uh, normally we take that road. When we have been there at Kabai, normally we take that road for Kisolo. There is too much climbing there. For going there at, for going there at Congo, mm-hmm. there is two, there is nine, is it nine, 95 for going there at... 95 kilometers. Yeah, for going there at Congo. Okay. And coming back 95. For climbing. So a lot of climbing. Yes, yeah, so 95k each way over basically two massive mountains. 
Perhaps both of them can tell me about how, how they got into cycling. When did it start and, and what, what kind of fuels their passion for it? Uh, for me, I said for cycling on um, 2014, but even my father, it's a cycling. And even my brother was a cycling. And even my young brother called Richard and my younger sister, Nakabwa Naga Florence. I really like so cycling, and even my dad, he really likes so cycling. But my father started cycling um, when he was still younger, was 15 years. Mm. He started for cycling 15 years. But even, and even for us, how we like our father for cycling. And even for us, we need cycling so much. That is our focus. For me, my focus on two, that is Tour de France, to be there in Tour de France. <laughs> that is my target now. Well, if you're going to be doing back-to-back -back training camps at 2,000 metres, I think um, you're on the right track. <laughs> at what point did, you, did it become a real a passion? It's, it's a big part of your family, cycling, um, and your upbringing. At what point did you realise you were quite good at cycling and that you could pursue a dream to try and get to the Tour de France, for example? Uh, I remember the last year, here in Kampala, we have been on race last year. I saw good. I'm the one who won that race. It was a big race? It was a big race. How far? How far? Like 100, 126 kilometers. Mm. I gone and break away. I, 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 we had I get in myself, ah, I can win this race. <laughs> Did you get a good prize? Yeah. What was the prize? The prize, it was 30, 30,000, 30, 300,000. 300, yeah. That's about 60 pounds in our money, Peter, which is nearly a month's salary for a yeah. lot of people out here. But now, you know, in Uganda, we have teams. Uh, team Masaka, our team Masaka cycling team. And even there is a team there at Jinja and even here at Kampala we have some many, many teams. Mm. The competition was there for the last year. Our team is the one who wins that race. <laughs> because I'm the one who wins the, the tournament for my team. You're very proud. Yeah. That's really cool. So M Masaka do a lot. Clearly they're trying to really push cycling in in uganda and also raising awareness abroad with the the fundraising and, and and recently building this clubhouse that i've seen on instagram kind of what impact does that have on on your ability to train and what your ability to improve and what else what else could be better in order to to help you really achieve your potential uh now in uganda now we are happy for this what mr rose he did we are happy for that. And even Mr. Sam, what he's doing, and everyone, what he's doing, the member, the member there on the board, we thank them for what they are, effort they are doing. Now we are happy for Clubhouse. I think it will help us for busy going there for Clubhouse, doing some physicals there and going there on Zoots. We shall be happy for that. I think it will help. It will help us on our friends. You know, we have our friends. They saying, "Ah, cycle." For us, we don't want cycling. No, nothing. They are for us. We saying, 
there is there are there is something prizes there when you are cycling. I think she will be happy for building their house, our house for club house for Masaka. Now we are getting more and more people who want to join Masaka Cycling Club now because of the club, the club house and even the office. Yeah, we are happy for that. But in Uganda, we have the problem we have on spare spare parts isn't spare it? parts they are so expensive that is the only problem we have and even when you go there for nls the border 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 guys ah they disturbing us so a lot so i don't know if you causing, know pizza a border border is a motorbike <laughs> so they yeah. cause there yeah. they cause some accident there that is the problem some the organizers they are cheating on money Mm. Yeah, that is we so have the problem corruption. corruption and even the corruption in Uganda. That is the problem we have in Uganda. But I think many many people here in Uganda, there is many cycle in Uganda, but the the problem corruption and even little money. You find someone like me. I can take um, uh, my money for myself to go in like come like Rwanda to go there to join on that place or here mm -hmm. in Kampala to join that place as myself mm -hmm. that is the problem we have yeah so that that's that's an interesting point and it, it brings me on to the migration gravel race because this is it's not it's not sure we say UCI sanctioned it's not having to go through any organizing committees as a privately operated or organized race it means that for example by going direct to the clubs like masaka that opportunity is there then presented to riders like yourself to be able to showcase your talents without having to worry if the funding's well if if, if you're going to be able to go or if there's going to be corruption or, or whatever else what does the opportunity to race in the migration gravel race mean for for both of you yeah i'm so happy to go on there for my migration graves in Kenya, I'm so happy with my brother. I think many people you see Masaka cycling team like on Instagram or YouTube. I think it will be exciting on us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and what are you looking forward to most? Uh, I think we shall be meeting like many people there. Mm -hmm. uh, the you know the riders uh, for outside the country. We shall meet there to see the riders who who has been there on riding there international gravels like that. Mm. And even for us, we shall be there enjoying it, and we shall be happy for being there on my um, graveless there in Kenya, we shall mm. be happy. Mm. And even our club or our board members, they, they will be happy. And even Mr. Rose, he will be happy, I think. Mm -hmm. I know him, he will be happy for going there on, migra on migration graveless there in Kenya. Is, is gravel 
riding something that's that's new to both of you how, how much experience do you have with with riding on gravel bikes or, or riding on gravel roads uh, for us normally here we use all both for us we use tarmac and even what do you call maram both of them a lot yep. yeah yeah normally when you go there in villages for us we use ordinary bike mm. so yeah for single gear single gear 20 kg steel frame bike is what they are <laughs> yeah the like the black they call them a black mambas in kenya do they call them black mambas in the black mamba <laughs> yeah they, they know that <laughs> for us in the villages yeah we use we use that ordinary bike for single gears yeah but now ah i'm so surprised to use the uh this sport bike um gravel race i'm so excited i've seen that you're being sent some really nice titanium gravel bikes from china i think um when do you get to ride those yeah i'm so we are so happy <laughs> with my brother for, for using on those bikes for from china do you already have them to practice on or, or when do you get to when do you get to see them when do you get to use them they're on their way they're in transit at the moment hopefully next week depending on customs fingers crossed i mean it is i saw the video and for anyone listening go and check it out it's a really really nicely put together video cirque i think is the the brand of of these bikes and the story behind those bikes yeah i, I think it's awesome and again it shows the power of this international cycling community to help lift up those around the world who uh, would really benefit and have the, from this opportunity and really want to grasp this opportunity with with both hands before i ask you about your training i have one question about the race my understanding is you're you're, you're not just but brothers you're twin brothers when it comes to racing together um, and your plans for the migration gravel race are you going to be working together or are you going to be racing against each other how competitive are you sir <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, you are, we are Masaka cycling team. Yeah. We shall go like a team. We work like a team. So are you both sprinters, climbers? What, are you, what would you say you uh, are? For me, I can do both. <laughs> to make my, I can do both. To, like, to be yeah. a sprinter or a pacemaker or a climber. Well, I think I need to join. I think I need to join Masaka Cycling Club so I can become part of the team and and uh follow you guys up up the mountains because yeah you look you look like you guys look like you're pretty fast so moving on to your training i'm really curious to understand what you guys are doing to prepare so i can try and potentially steal some tips uh, but also i understand and maybe this is a question to you as well sam um with regards to, i understand that you're using the Sufferfest. how useful is that in terms of shaping the training that you're going to be doing for these guys yeah um yeah I'll, I'll jump in and then they might want to add a little bit more if that's okay peter really training to power is a very new concept for the guys out here you know they don't have access to power meters or high quality turbo trainers but they've been given a couple of wahoo smart turbo trainers um which for me on the coaching perspective really gives me a kind of holistic overview of them as a rider and we're basing it off what they call this 4dp test which i don't know if you're familiar with but yep. i'll just briefly explain it for those that are listening 
it's a pretty savage one hour test and it's a bit different to your probably standard 20 minute FTP test which most people would use as their main metric for understanding their level of fitness whereby this what you do is you do two seven second sprints max sprints then you get a bit of a break then you go into a five minute all-in effort you get another break you do a 20 minute all-in effort and then you do the kind of <laughs> the absolute killer final bit is a one minute all-in effort and then what that does is that gives us right what's their best power and power to weight ratio for a sprint for for a five minute for a 20 minute and then a one minute and then amazingly the software then can basically see where they think perceive their strengths and weaknesses are as riders and then creates kind of a small training plan around that so you know we use that i've got their weights and their logs and it's all connected to heart rate like most people would be using um and yep. then we can build up a bit of a profile of each of the riders you know and uh, i mean both of them are 60 kg or under so they're super super lightweight climbers so they don't even have to put out a lot of power and go very quickly which is quite depressing <laughs> for me at 80 plus kilos um oh it's the same here 85 plus kilos sam yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's why that's why I need to join Masaka so I can follow them on the climbs and then uh, try and hang on to to beat them in the sprints. But uh, I think that's pretty unlikely. Yeah, I would agree. Any any incline and they just they fly. It's it's quite depressing. Really. <laughs> so um, yeah, they're very very quick climbers, boys. Huh? And even sprints, sprints I can do this. You can do sprints too. Yeah. <laughs> and even climbing and even. Oh, for being like a pacemaker, mm. I can be a pacemaker mm. because I'm there at Minyonyo. Hey, mm. I, I have been there alone. Uh, I was two guys for, for different teams mm -hmm. for Ginger and for Kampala. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to work, I work alone on that place. Mm. But I, 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 I computed myself to know I can win these guys, mm. even if they don't want to work, I can win them. And that was a flat course as well. Yeah, I win them. Well they say, ah, this one, ah, strong guy. <laughs> I know myself. Even <laughs> if I get a, a good training, I can do my best to to do well. Yeah. Yeah. And so a question to the, the boys. How has using an indoor trainer, how has that changed their, um, their perspective on training and racing and, and what's possible? they are good because it makes you strong and get some understanding that how to maintain your heart and even your energy to know how what's per kilo mm -hmm. how to maintain your speed on the legs and the racing as well you've done some racing and done very well that is good and even when you go there for using a uh, you will find when you use the on um, zips when you go there on a less like a road bike ah you you must uh you will find yourself you are good somehow yeah i i found the same as well indoor training's fairly new to me and i don't i don't have a power meter so kind of when i'm outdoors i'm not necessarily aware of what power i'm generating but being able to correlate heart rate cadence power and even speed to some extent so that you're you're more aware of how your body's performing and then when you're outdoors and you don't necessarily have have watched but you you know how your body performs under certain conditions that's really helpful 
And so again, to you, Sam, how are you going to be then using this, this data to, to track and improve and, and what kind of additional training do you have planned too? Because I, I, I know that certainly my indoor training is focused on, on those things, but certainly when it comes to gravel racing, there's a lot of, there's going to be more technical skills required as well beyond typical road racing. So beyond just the, the standard suffer fest plan or, are you going to be doing additional stuff or, or how are you going to incorporate that more technical training into it? Yeah, so as soon as we get these gravel bikes, that's obviously going to open up the opportunity to then do the gravel riding yeah. proper. Um, so we've got a fairly comprehensive plan that we put together, um, which is basically um, Mondays is kind of a rest day for them. And then Tuesday through to Friday, um, we're going to be doing stuff on Sufferfest um, up to two, two and a half hours on the turbo trainer at a time. I say we, they are. I'm definitely not going to be doing that. Um, and one of the one of the reasons I should probably point out as well is we're using that during the week as well is um, due to the just because we're in Kampala the road safety and the traffic is absolutely terrible you know so actually for these guys to train you know to the speeds that they need to be riding at you know 35 kilometers per hour they quite often will sit and hold that for several hours um, it's just not that safe round here so we let them do their outdoor riding and their longer kind of what we'd call steady state sort of stuff for four, four and a half, five hours. They'll do that on a Saturday and then again on a Sunday. Um, and then we'll do the more high intensity training on the Sufferfest uh, during the week. Um, but once we get these gravel bikes, I think we'll change that up a little bit more and they'll be doing more gravel riding. And that's a bit more off-roading, so we might be able to then do that during the week as well. A bit more of this kind of technical work and practicing on that. and. We've got some quite nice steep hills here so we can kind of practice their descending techniques and kind of putting their bodies in the right positions and and just you know learning which brakes to use in which moments and not to snatch it uh, snatch at the brakes in the corners and things like that right and just um yeah. most of their riding and most of their racing is primarily i would say road racing from what i know from what i've heard um so it is a completely yeah. different game and even for me you know gravel riding is not something i've done a huge amount of so it's going to be a learning process probably for all for all three of us um so yeah and um i know that there's the part of the suffer fest that has the yoga and the strength training as well are you incorporating that how the how, how, are, we, how are you getting on with the yoga if you're doing it yes yeah, so we're about to do a session later today actually will be their first kind of strengthening and conditioning off the bike work but the boys are very good actually they do a lot of stretching a lot more than i do <laughs> uh, they do a lot of strength work off the bike they you go to the gym sometimes to do lifting uh, yeah we have there at home mm -hmm. on our father's home we mm -hmm. have there some no lifting some some metals weights yeah yeah what do you do with them you squat squat mm -hmm. and even push-ups push-ups yeah and even uh, doing some some to go there for a lot for running mm. some timers mm. you do some running as well somewhat yeah so just a bit of cross training yeah um, mm. but yeah as i say though yeah we're about to start the kind of off the bike work later today because they only arrived here in kampala on thursday so it's still early early days in their training camp really but mr peter i think he, they are they at kenya for migration gravel i think they will be their strong riders mm -hmm. and even for us oh we are training hard now <laughs> i think we shall be there enjoying and i think me and my brother we can win that tour <laughs> very ambitious boys yeah i think we can win that tour 
we know ourselves we can do better even if there is a strong guy they are coming mm-hmm. and even for us we shall put there too much effort to win that tour it seems it's it's really it's really exciting to see your guys development certainly with even just a little bit of opportunity with some with some high quality bikes and some some high quality training focus training with Sam that this is going to be really a big opportunity for you guys to to hopefully win or, or do really well. My final question on the race is you mentioned about you hope to win and there are the top two East African riders are going to get entries into uh, a couple of gravel races in the States, which is really exciting. Um, and again, more opportunity to showcase talent. If So if we had this conversation in, say, a year's time, what would you say has been a, a really big success from the race? What what would you hope? What would you hope happens after the race? To go there in America or in Australia to join in the in other teams. That is my target to be there. I told you to be there in Tour de France. That is my target. But in one year, in, in one, one year, year, you won't be in the Tour de France. <laughs> so maybe in one year, in America, how would you like to see yourself? In one year. Ah, they are like uh, ah, to be in the outside country when I'm there for cycling, not in Uganda. In Uganda, ah, I don't like Uganda because we have many corruption. Yeah. So to leave the country, yeah, to leave well. to leave my country, Uganda, to go in the other country like uh, Australia or in America, mm-hmm. that is my target. That's the same for both of you. Yeah, both of us. Yeah. Same for you, Baswa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sir, that is that is my target. And even my my dad, he likes that. And even <laughs> my mom and yeah. even my wife. <laughs> and you're gonna take your brother with you. Yeah. And even my brother, he likes that. You you've got big ambitions and they're really great. What what else do you need to help you achieve that? You know, for us, we are uh, we are farmers and even uh, mechanics. The challenge we have, the challenge we have here, me, me and my brother, and even the other guys for my 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 friends, they are there at Masaka. The problem we have, we are the farmers. You can go there like one hour for train, like two hours for training. And coming back for go, for going there for planting something, and looking money for which you can left there at home, and and even you have to look out to for your family. So we get little time for training. That is the problem we have. So it's being able to make time time to train. But when I get time for training, I like to take like. Uh, you know, like take like uh, being in camp. I can do my best from. I can do my best on training. When I'm focused on train, only training. I can do my best and yeah. even my brother. But the only problem that is that, for looking some money, mm-hmm. which you can left there at home. Is Masaka a rich area or poor? No. 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 It's poor. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we can do our best, and even I have my friend. I have more, more friends. My friends, mm-hmm. 
they can do uh, they can do uh, i think because the only problem with that is that for looking money hmm. well from from where from what little i know from what i see you guys are already doing a really good job you've mentioned uh more and more people in misaka wanting to take up cycling also this clubhouse has been built and i think i think you guys are inspiring people within your community to to take up that that sport and um and take cycling more seriously so i think you guys are already successful and and it looks like you you potentially going to be even more successful the way the way that you're going with the training and i hope that you can um continue to focus 100% on it and and your work with sam pays off and uh i mean i won't be with you at the finish line in kenya i'll be a few hours behind you I, I look forward to see you standing on the podium at the end of the at the end of the week. <laughs> That'd be nice. Okay, sir. Back to you, Sam. Quite curious about the setup that you've got going over there in Uganda with JFC cycling that you've set up with your wife. I understand a, a few years ago. Could you briefly tell me what that's about? Yeah, so I've been, I'm obviously also from England, <laughs> um, but I've been coming yeah. to Uganda since 2010, uh, me and my wife. We set up a small charity called Joy for Children and Communities, um, which is basically primary functions of humanitarian charity to really look after some of the poorest people in the slums in Kampala here. Um, yeah. And my wife runs a lot of development work with women, and I basically set up some cycling project in 2019, just um, kind of a little fairly similar to how Masaka started, kind of recognised that there are some incredibly fit, talented individuals here with absolutely no platform to showcase that talent. And so I kind of thought, you know, I've got a real passion for cycling. I'm not an amazing cyclist myself, but I read a lot about it and got a fair knowledge of it and thought, why don't I try and see if I can help coach and do some mechanics training and you know, we've literally brought one smart turbo trainer out here um, and we had one Zwift yeah. account in 2019. Um, and then that's developed into renting a much bigger, and that was literally in my spare sitting room at that time. Um, and that developed into Park Tool kind of donating a, a, well, they gave us a massive discount on a toolkit and we got some work stands over here. Now we've kind of got uh, four or five bikes and three or four machines. Um, and we kind of line up the guys um, to do Zwift racing and Sufferfest and things like that. And really just trying to give them a safe opportunity to train from and we're kind of it's almost functioning a little bit like a youth center at the moment for some of the youngsters in Kampala, okay. giving them an opportunity yeah. to come train but also just to discuss life in a safe safe environment you know my background was in in youth work and so it's really kind of like combining two of my big passions i guess cycling and then the youth work stuff and trying to where i can help but mentor and advise and you know, if we can help change a few lives through cycling for, for the better, yeah. whether it's through jobs or just help create a greener, more healthier society, then for me, that's a massive success. That's really awesome. Yeah, um, more power to you. What are the biggest barriers that you, you see in terms of uh, your success? Um, yeah, there's a few. I think resourcing stuff out here is really, really hard. You know, getting things, if you're to post stuff here, they get stuck at the kind of, uh, was it duty-free importing kind of situation and I think most yeah. things get slapped a 40% tariff on um, so you know a bike that is 500 pounds by the time you've paid postage in the tax it's nearly a thousand pounds to get it here yeah. so that that's a huge challenge um, 
The lack of racing in Uganda as well is a real big problem. Um, I was having a chat with the national champion Charles Kagimu, who's the national champion of Uganda, and he was saying he races for a team called Bike Aid uh, based in Germany. Yeah. And he was saying, you know, when he goes to Europe, it's just absolutely brutal because these boys have been racing since they were 12 years old in, in all sorts of different kind of races. Whereas here, we might have a race and then if we're lucky, they'll actually get the prize fund and they'll get their money and then they can, as he was alluding to, Kato was alluding to, they can kind of give that money to their family. But there's so much corruption here that it's so hard to make a living from racing. You know, we really, the strategy right. is to get them good and then get them out, um, which is a real shame, you know, because Uganda has everything it needs in terms of beautiful roads and infrastructure to house really high quality training camps and things. But they just can't make the money here, you know, to kind of get them out to Rwanda or Kenya, where there's just a lot more of the higher elite level riders in East Africa are kind of based and training from. And I see you also do cycling tours as well. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, so that's, uh, we run it as like a social enterprise kind of concept. So it's JFC Tours, uh, if I can plug it, dot uh, UK. <laughs> we run a couple of different tours. Um, yeah, we run a couple of different tours and it basically it runs as a social enterprise project. So I don't personally take any money from that myself. That all, all money made from that goes into supporting our clubhouse. You know, it costs about £300 a month to rent the space. And as I, as I said, you know, getting stuff out here is really difficult particularly with people not really traveling over, you know, normally we just fill a suitcase full of spare parts or a turbo trainer. We can't really even do that now. So it really is relying on what we can source in country, which is very little. Right. So yeah, the tours basically any profit going to running our projects, but it is a, yeah, so it's a fully road tour. We do a seven day and a 10 day tour where you get to do a safari and um, get to see some volcanoes, crater lakes and everything you could wish for on a bike. You know, it's a hugely underrated country, Uganda, in terms of its beautiful uh, scenery. It, it looks super exciting. And um, just hearing a little bit more about what you do, really great work and your perspective as well in terms of the the quality or the untapped potential that, that there is in the country and uh, what it needs to to be unleashed. And I think we're going to start seeing some of those those green shoots, shall we say, in a couple of months in Kenya. And uh, yeah, how awesome would it be to be having this conversation in a year's time and one of or both of the twins have, have been to uh, been to America and really shown shown what they can do on on the world stage when it comes to gravel riding. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. The untapped potential, both in terms of the the riders and the quality of riders, and also the country as a whole. You know, in terms of tourism, the tourism market, and you know, uh, running cycling trips and things. It's just so so, as you say, untapped. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, both Kato Ball and Wasawa Peter, and you too, Sam. Thank you very much for your time. Look forward to hopefully racing against you in June, and good luck with the training. Are you going to be doing any more? Zwift races in the meantime. I wonder if I could jump on and see how much further behind I am in my power to weight ratio. <laughs> yeah, there is plans. There's a Thursday night event that Amani run um, that we are planning on incorporating yeah. in their training schedule. Um, I think it's eight o'clock our time. I don't know the exact details off the top of my head, but I could send them to you that you could put out there. So we're going to be doing that as part of their training um, on Thursdays. I yeah. think we'll be incorporating that too. Yeah. So you'd be very welcome to uh, do your best to chase them down. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, it was really nice to, to speak with you today. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Osa.
Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs>